I'm Carson Horn, and it's Monday at 10, which means it's time for Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. So grab your toilet paper and let's get rolling. Auburn football made me look like a fool on Saturday. But hey, if someone's going to make me look like a fool, I'd rather it be Auburn in a good way by absolutely dominating Arkansas 48-10. to But hey, I'm not going to hit on myself too much because my 7-5 and season prediction is looking pretty good right now. So look, I'll admit when I'm wrong, but I'm also going to broadcast when I'm right as well. So we'll talk about that game. We've got to talk about New Mexico State this weekend. But we've also got to talk about the Iron Bowl coming up in two weeks because, as I mentioned, don't have a show next week because of Thanksgiving. We've also got to talk about Auburn basketball. They played two games this past week. They'll play again Thursday and Friday of this week. So we've got so much to dive into. It's going to be a super, super fun show. I've really been looking forward to this show. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Saturday's game. Auburn traveled to Fayetteville and played what I believe was the best game that Auburn has played all season. Just a tremendous performance. Uh, Just listen to these stats. 517 yards of total offense. 354 yards rushing. That is the most since 2016. You have to go back that many years to get that great of a rushing output. Had five sacks in the game. Jalen McLeod had a tremendous game. He had three sacks came from him. 19 straight games that Auburn has forced a turnover. That streak continued. It was absolute domination from start to finish. Before you could get real settled in on the couch to watch the game or however you're watching it, it was 21 to nothing Auburn. I, I was stunned, I quite frankly, as you imagine I would be if I predicted Arkansas to win. I thought it would be a, a close game. I thought it would be a battle. I thought in the end, K.J. Jefferson would be too much for Auburn. Boy, was I wrong. They couldn't do anything offensively. Auburn dominated them up front. I knew Arkansas's offensive line was bad. My thing was, I wasn't sure Auburn was going to be good enough to take advantage of that, at least in the passing game, at least getting a, a pass rush on K.J. Jefferson. I was wrong. Jalen McLeod, we talked about him a lot preseason. Just want to mention him for a second here, but he really hasn't hadn't performed at a high level most of the season, and you may have been wondering, well, goodness, I mean, is Auburn going to get anything out of him? To be fair to Jalen McLeod, he hasn't been healthy. He played through an injury for the majority of the season. Remember, he missed a few of the few of the first couple of games, and he tried to play through an ankle injury and just wasn't 100%. He's 100% now, and you're seeing that, and he's playing really really well, and Auburn's going to need him to continue to play at a high level to have a chance, especially in two weeks in the Iron Bowl. As for the offense, you know, again, the defense has been excellent all season, minus the LSU game. They continue to play at a high level, but what about this offense? Has it been, It's been better, obviously, the last few games. But there are some hit-or-miss things in the Vanderbilt game, and we discussed those last week. Overall, Peyton Thorne had a good game. Yes, he threw the uh, another interception. 
yes, he he had some uh, a couple questionable throws, but overall he had a good game. The offense overall was very good. Over 100 yards rushing for Jarquez Hunter. Peyton Thorne had a had a good amount. Damari Austin had a good amount rushing. So overall, when you put up 354 yards. Uh, of total yards rushing in a game, you can't complain about the offense. So I would say overall, I liked what I saw from Peyton Thorne in this offense, continuing to improve, continuing to move in the right direction. And then the special teams. Keontae Scott had a punt return for a touchdown. Look, Keontae Scott's a great leader on this team. He is a great defensive player. And then he got to make something happen in, in the punt returns. Really happy for him. Fantastic uh, player for for Auburn. So it feels weird to really not have that much to say uh, about a recap because it it was domination. You can say a lot more when when there than when there's losses or there's close games, but there's there's not much more to say is, except I was impressed and, and Auburn rolled, and that's great to be on a three game winning streak now. To get to that six win, to get to bowl eligibility, is huge for Hugh Freeze in his first year. But how do we put into context these last three games? How do we put into context this season with two games left in it? Of course, everyone will, the counter argument to Auburn winning three straight will be well, look who they played. They played Mississippi State, they played Vanderbilt, they played Arkansas. Two of those coaches have now, well, excuse me. Mississippi State has now fired their head coach. Arkansas may be on the brink of firing theirs. If Clark Lee was anywhere but Vanderbilt, he'd be out the door. Yes, those are all fair points. That doesn't mean, though, that Auburn hasn't improved. That team we saw against Arkansas that scored 48 points at 148-10 wouldn't have done that early in the season. That's just a, a fact in my, I know it's an opinion, but it seems like a fact to me. Auburn has improved. They, they may have beaten Arkansas early in the season on the road. They would have not won in that fashion. So, so yes, absolutely. Who Auburn has played has played a role in the way they have looked to a certain extent. It, it, there's never a absolute truth when you want to talk about wins. Who you play matters. Who you beat matters. So there's never an absolute truth in that it's absolutely that had everything to do with their opponents. It didn't have to do everything to do with Auburn. Auburn has improved and their opponents have been weaker. Their schedule has gotten easier. But I, I don't think as an Auburn fan you can sit here and not be excited about the improvements you've seen. This It has been a while, as many people have pointed out, that Auburn football has improved as the season has gone on. Bruce Pearl tweeted out that on, uh, I think, Sunday morning, talk, not every team improves as the season goes on. This Auburn team has, and that should give Auburn fans a lot of hope a lot of confidence in Hugh Freeze and his staff in the future of this Auburn program. This team's still seriously flawed. We know that. The issues of talent didn't just go away in these last three games. But they've gotten better, and the players have gotten better, and the coaching, they've made adjustments to get better, and that is a, a good sign for for Auburn fans. I, wa- I want to read this quote that Hugh Freeze said on just – on the offense, and then just kind of the team in general. I wish I had the audio. I don't, so I'll just have to read it. So I apologize. You're tired of hearing my voice already. But hey, you tuned into the show. So so here's the quote. Quote, I went in after the Ole Miss game, and I said, this is it. 
This is what we're doing, and don't anybody ask me anything else, because this is what we're doing. But it wasn't like that. I mean, it was, but man, our offensive staff is like, let's do it, man. Whatever you say, coach, let's do it. He added later, quote, look, the responsibility lies with me if we play well or we don't. We had a dang chance to win a few other games, and I wish I'd put my foot down earlier and said, this is the only thing I feel comfortable being able to help. If we operate like this, I can help. And that's probably the turning point. As always, love the honesty from Hugh Freeze. He's talking specifically about being more involved in the offensive game plan, deciding to go up-tempo with the offense. You can see he's kicking himself for not doing it sooner. He believes, and many Auburn fans believe, that that if he had, if he had gone with an up, up-tempo offense, made some adjustments offensively earlier in the year, maybe Auburn wins that game against Ole Miss. Maybe they win the game against Georgia. I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to look back at games and say you should have won games. I have no doubt that it would have made things better. Now, you can look at, look at this two ways. You can look at this and say you, that Hugh Freeze, man, he really made some mistakes coaching-wise. You can knock him for that, or you can compliment him for adjusting. This is just his first year at Auburn. Yes, he's an experienced head coach. Yes, he's had a lot of success as a head coach. But he came in and he thought what he needed to do for this Auburn team to be successful was to go slower offensively, rely on your defense, and because of the, the lack of depth, to, to, to not try to put your defense out there too much. And there's still some truth to that. But what helps the defense the most? An offense that scores points. And Hugh Freeze realized that, and he adjusted. He wasn't stubborn. He realized what, what he tried to do was not working to the level that it needed to work at. Also, Hugh Freeze came into Auburn. He said, man, I've really got to recruit. I've got to get better players here. I'm going to go hands-off approach, CEO approach as a head coach, and I'm going to you know, completely turn over the keys to the offense. It didn't quite go as he wanted to. Not necessarily a knock on Philip Montgomery. Hugh Freeze chose to do this. Philip Montgomery didn't do things exactly the way Hugh Freeze wanted him to, and Hugh Freeze wasn't comfortable in, in that position. He had to get more involved with the offensive play calling. That is adjusting. That is making changes that are necessary to put your team in the best best position to win. So I'm not knocking Hugh Freeze for what went down at the beginning of the year. I'm complimenting him for making the adjustments necessary to help Auburn uh, succeed this season and moving forward. Look, I don't know what's going to happen with Philip Montgomery after this season. Certainly seems that Hugh Freeze uh, is more involved play calling. He has said that. Does he want to take it over full time? What If he does, what would that mean for Philip Montgomery? We'll have all offseason to dissect and discuss that. I'm just talking about this season and the adjustments Auburn has made. This program's headed in the right direction. I, I've said that since the beginning. I said that on the four-game losing streak. You can't be swayed too much game to game and by emotions. And that's what I have to be careful with. That's what we have to be careful with as fans. Don't be swayed too much by one game, by one outcome, even by one season. And so when Auburn was on that four-game losing streak, I came on this show and I talked about the things that you look at to tell you if a program's headed in the right direction. And, and I'm not going to dive into those again. But those are there for Auburn, and then seeing improvement as the season has gone on only confirms that. So, Hugh Freeze 
will have a chance to go into the Iron Bowl with seven wins and have a chance to really have a spectacular season if he can win the Iron Bowl and get to eight wins. Really, again, just going back to this Arkansas game, really impressive performance. I know those players were excited. They deserve to be able to celebrate to get to bowl eligibility. And as we talked about, that's important. Auburn won five games last year. You wanted to see improvement in, in the first year if you freeze. He gave you that. He got you to six wins. That's improvement. I think Auburn will get to at least seven now and uh, have a chance at eight. But we'll talk about those games a little bit later on in the show. Again, we've got basketball to talk about, so I'm going to dive into basketball when we return here on Talking Tumors, and then we will dive into New Mexico State and Iron Bowl a little bit later on. So, so keeping you on your toes here, bouncing back and forth between football and basketball. But stay tuned to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. So, who lost a heartbreaker to Baylor last Tuesday night in South Dakota. Auburn led for most of that game, had a few sloppy minutes, and it cost them. It was a chance to get a big-time win, to get what's called a quad one win, which matters a lot come NCAA tournament selection time. So it it was a heartbreaker, and Bruce Pearl was very frustrated after the game. He was frustrated with with some of the, the, the refereeing, the foul calling, was extremely nitpicky, especially for uh, the first game of the year. And Baylor got to the free throw line a ton in the second half, and that differential really made the difference. But on the flip side of that, if Auburn didn't turn the ball over a couple times, have a couple sloppy minutes in there, they still would have pulled that game out despite the, the free throw differential in the game. Auburn returned home on Friday night, and they played southeastern Louisiana. It wasn't necessarily the bounce back that Auburn fans or Bruce Pearl wanted to to see in that game. Auburn won it. They won it by a wide margin, but it wasn't the prettiest of games. They let southeastern Louisiana hang around in that game. So what, what do we make so far from this season? Well, let me play some audio from Bruce Pearl after the southeastern Louisiana game. And then we'll kind of break down this first week. I'm, I'm still not happy. Um, you know, we give up 43 points in the second half, 54 against Baylor. It's 97 points in the second half of basketball. It's just not really, really good enough. Um, we only turned them over one time in the second half. And uh, I'm still having a coach effort and, and energy. And uh, that's a problem. And, and, I think the thing that's got to, what's got to translate is how much you hate losing. And uh, if we can't pick up our effort and our energy, our physicality of our play, um, finishing plays, you know, we block a shot and they get the rebound, you know, uh, with, with way too much consistency. And um, if I get the guys kind of focused on, on that, then... Um, we got chance to be okay. That's how Bruce Pearl started the press conference Friday night. I, w- I was taken back. I was sitting on on the front row. I was covering that game Friday night. It's like, wow. I mean, that sounds like like a, a coach who just coached a team that lost, not a, not a team that won. But I loved that from Bruce Pearl. The reason I loved that from Bruce Pearl is because he's not coaching to be- beat Southeastern Louisiana. He is coaching this team to win championships. He is coaching this team to be able to play their best in 
in March and the things that, that are happening right now are not going to be good enough to win against Alabama, to win against Tennessee, to win against Kentucky, to, to win against even Indiana coming up here in non-conference or Virginia Tech, whoever that may be. And Jalen Williams, I, I thought, said it, and he was honest too. He said that this team is playing to level their competition right now. And I think that is so, so true. Elite teams don't do that. This Auburn team's not elite yet, though. And that's fine. But things like effort, things like attention to detail, rebounding, defense, Auburn's got to improve on. They absolutely got to improve. They have a ton of talent. They have a ton of skill. This is a really good offensive team. They didn't even shoot that well against Southeastern Louisiana. Still put up 88 points. So offense, I'm not worried about. Like I said, I was frustrated with the offense in this game too. But when you when you shoot in you know upper 30s percentage wise and still score 88 points, that 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 tells you you've got a good offense. Their offense is going to be just fine. But the things that Bruce Pearl mentioned, the effort, the intensity, the rebounding, the defense, those are concerns, and those things have to improve if Auburn wants to be to reach their full potential. Bruce Pearl last year would not have been saying these things. And that's also why I love his comments. Because he didn't have the team that was as talented that had the chance to be as good as this year's team could be. That doesn't mean that every press conference Bruce Pearl was was you know, super positive. He certainly wasn't last year. He's, he's always uh, pretty honest with, with the media. But the tune he would take, the things he would say, about, you know, we've, we've got to, you know, keep keep fighting, keep, you know, keep doing this or that, or that, that he would not be as demeaning towards his team as he was in this press conference, and not in a personal way, just overall in general. He wasn't singling anyone out or anything like that. That, that tells me he believes his team can be special. And that's what gets me excited uh, about this Auburn basketball season and what they can accomplish if Bruce Pearl is talking the way he is talking about, about his team this year. But they've got to improve. I believe they will. They've still got to figure some things out rotation-wise, too. But let's talk about the good and let's talk about the bad. I already mentioned some of the bad, but let's talk about the good first. Aiden Holloway, the true freshman point guard, has been fantastic. Double digits in both his first two starts. Can really shoot the three at extremely high level. He, he, he has not started in the first two games. Again, Bruce Pearl said before he wanted to start one and have one finish, talking about Trey Donaldson and Aiden Holloway. Will that continue? I don't know. It's hard to keep Aiden Holloway off the floor for very long because of what he provides the ability to shoot from anywhere, the ability even to get to the basket. I'd like to continue to see him do that more, but cannot complain from what we've seen from the true freshmen so far this season. Then Denver Jones had a really big game against Baylor, a little bit of a quieter night against Southeastern Louisiana, but he still scored in double digits again. He he is going to be a centerpiece. Auburn has to figure out ways to keep him involved. Like I said, he kind of kind of went quiet there against Southeastern Louisiana, He's got to get the ball. Auburn has to get him some open looks if he's not able to create for himself. Like to see him create for himself a little bit more, get to the basket more. Overall, extremely positive so far from, from Denver Jones. And Chad Baker Mazzara. Really like what I've seen from him on the offensive end. Now, Bruce Pearl was asked specifically about him after the game. I didn't get that audio from uh, Bruce there. 
He has been pleased with Chad Baker, Missouri on the offensive end, some of the effort, some of the energy on the defensive end, and playing consistently with that effort and energy. I think it's been a critique of Bruce Pearl. So much athleticism there with CBM. So much potential is there. He's shooting the ball really well. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. That was a problem against Baylor. So he's got to do that, and he's got to play better on the defensive end. But the offensive end, I've been very impressed. If he comes along and continues to score at a high level, that's going to be very good news for this Auburn team, having him play well three-position, as I mentioned, It's going to be vital for Auburn's success this season. And then, of course, how can I not mention Janai Broom, the preseason All-SEC selection, a double-double on Friday night against Southeastern Louisiana. Really, really great score. He continues to shoot the ball well. Not taking a ton of threes. I don't want him to. I just want him to take good threes. And he has so far this season, and he's been able to knock them down. So really good to see his range and his forcing defenses to have to defend him all the way out of the three-point line. That should open up some more driving lanes for the guards to hopefully get in the paint and get some easy baskets. So really like what I've seen from Janai Broom so far this season. As for the bad. The defense, as I mentioned, has to improve uh, for this Auburn team, giving up way too many points and since too many easy baskets, too. Southeastern Louisiana had a lot of good open looks in the first half. They had the potential to score more. They didn't. Not every team is going to miss as many shots as SLU missed in that game on Friday night. Then Trey Donaldson, going player-specific here, he's better than he's performed so far this year. Uh, He hasn't shot a ton, which that's fine. I don't care so much about his points. I want him to be a good distributor. I don't want to see turnovers. I think he did have a good amount of assists in the uh, Baylor game, but was was sloppy turnover-wise a little bit here against Southeastern Louisiana. Want to see more from him. With the way Aiden Holloway is playing, Trey Donaldson's going to have to step it up if he wants to continue to get a lot of minutes for Auburn as the season uh, winds down. He was a streaky player last year. Maybe that's how he'll be again this season. I had higher expectations for him. And again, I'm not going to prejudge him too much. Only two games into the year. But I'd like to see more from him. Then from the four position overall, this should be a strength of Auburn's team. Through the first two games, it has not been. I've marked that up a little bit to Auburn's playing a little bit differently offensively. That, that's kind of how I, I mark this up. But still, I need to see better. But before I talk about Jalen Williams and Chaney Johnson in particular, I just want to talk about what I just meant there by the offense being different. So you can think back to last year, Auburn didn't have good guard play. We all, we all know that. We, Auburn didn't have guards who could score consistently. So Auburn's offense was a little bit slower in the half court, and it was we got to get the ball to Jalen Williams or Janai Broom or both at some point during possession, and we've got to let them see if we can get them a design around the basket. Jalen Williams, of course, with his left hand is beautiful uh, with the uh, with his shot there. Janai Broom let him work, go to work down there too. This year's offense is different. Running some more five out. I'm not knowledgeable enough on basketball to sit here and try to explain that to you. But what I what I, what I can see and what I can say is because Auburn has guards who can score this year with Aiden Holloway and Denver Jones and Katie Johnson when he's in there, the offense doesn't necessarily have to give a touch to Jalen Williams every possession and let him go to work. 
the guards can score. They can shoot. They can get to the basket. So, therefore, the four position with Jalen Williams and Chaney Johnson seems to be disappearing a little bit offensively, and they're not getting the ball as much. So what I think Bruce Pearl and this and his staff had to figure out is how do we balance that? Because we can still be really successful with letting Jalen Williams go to work around the basket, letting Chaney Johnson go to work around the basket. So Auburn needs to still have some of that in their play designs to still get them the ball plenty during the games and not just let them disappear because you, you play against better teams, you play against guards who, who make it more difficult for the Auburn scorers, you still need to have the ability to find point production elsewhere. And you saw that in the southeastern Louisiana. The first um, play, if you will, for, for Auburn offensively, they got it Jalen Williams and let him go to work. So I think Bruce Pearl saw that in the Baylor game, wanted to emphasize it against southeastern Louisiana. But quite frankly, Jalen Williams did not play very well in the southeastern Louisiana game. He played better in the second half, was able to knock down a couple threes. He is a good player. I know Auburn fans are very hit or miss on him. If it wasn't for him last season, Auburn wouldn't have won as many games as they did. He he is an important piece, again, to this year's team. The, the only issue I have with Jalen is he's not an inserted player. He's not going to create a ton on his own. So Auburn has to figure out ways to get him the ball, to get him involved. As for Chaney Johnson, after what Bruce Pearl said about him at SEC tip-off, I think expectations may have gotten elevated too much for Chaney. Remember, he was still only coming from Division Two. It's going to be, it's going to take some settling in for him. He had, I think, eleven rebounds against Southeastern Louisiana. He's getting, he's taking good shots. He's getting good looks. Those shots will fall. He will, he's going to have a big night at some point before conference play, and he's just going to go off. He's getting too good of looks for that not to happen. I'm not worried about him. He hasn't played well so far. He'll settle in. Bruce Pearl, when asked about him, he said Chaney Johnson is his hardest worker on his team. He wasn't concerned in the least bit about about Chaney Johnson. He said that. He has all the confidence in the world in him. So Bruce is not worried about him. I'm not going to be worried about him. He's going to be just fine. And he he is going to be a really good player. I do believe that. He's just got to get used to playing at a higher, higher level. So Auburn basketball will travel to New York this week to play in a some type of a tournament. They'll play Notre Dame on Thursday night, and then they'll play either Oklahoma State or St. Bonaventure, depending on the win-losses there in those two games. Unfortunately for Auburn's resume, Notre Dame lost a game to Western Carolina this past week. Notre Dame has a new coach this year. They're in kind of a rebuild mode. They They... They were one of the worst teams in FBS last season. Auburn needs to win that game. They don't need a bad loss like that. It won't be a good win. So it's not really a, it's kind of a lose-lose situation for Auburn. Can't afford to lose it. It doesn't help you much to win it, though. So hopefully Auburn goes up there and plays well in New York, makes some improvements from these first two games, and gets a sweep. Oklahoma State or St. Bonaventure. Solid, solid teams. Oklahoma State's in the Big 12, very good basketball conference. Nothing special about either of those two teams, but again, it, it gets you into the national spotlight a little bit, and it can't hurt your resume by winning games, obviously. So Auburn needs to go up to New York this weekend. They need to go 2-0, and and then they need to head back to Auburn and uh, get ready for the rest of non-conference play. So it should be a fun week 
to watch Auburn basketball again. That's Thursday and Friday night. So, again, you get a little Auburn basketball leading up to Auburn football on Saturday, which is what we will dive back into when we return here to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. Auburn will take on New Mexico State on Saturday. They return home from this road stretch that they had to play their final two games back in Auburn in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So let's real quickly talk about this New Mexico State game. New Mexico State is 8-3. They are headed to the Conference USA Championship game. So they are a team that Auburn cannot overlook. I always hate these spots, these cupcake games before the Iron Bowl, because usually the team comes out sloppy. They don't play real well, and you're frustrated and mad. because There's a lot of good vibes this week after the Arkansas win and three straight wins and, and all that. So last thing you want to see is a sloppy performance going into the Iron Bowl. So your hope... Uh, for Hugh Freeze and the staff is that they have this team locked in. I'm sure this is not a fun week for the staff either. They probably will coach harder this week than they've had to the past past couple. And you think that's crazy? It's not. When whenever you're playing an uh, an opponent that you're afraid your team might overlook, you have to coach that way and uh, to make sure that they stay locked in. No matter the fact that New Mexico State's eight and three, this should be no issue for Auburn. But if you turn the ball over, you play sloppy. Those kind of things can happen. You want to see Auburn come out in this game, play clean football, take care of business, and then get out of there and let's get ready for, for the Iron Bowl. New Mexico State, as I mentioned, 8-3, and three, but their schedule really has been extremely easy. They lost to UMass, who Auburn beat in, in Week 0. They, they would beat UMass now. They're a much better team than they were then. They lost to Hawaii, and they've lost to Liberty. So they have not played the toughest of schedules there in the Conference USA. But they'll be excited for a big opportunity for them against a SEC opponent to try to come in here and, in their minds, pull pull off the upset. So I can do this. I can go ahead and talk about the Iron Bowl because I don't have a show next week and I'm not going to miss out on the chance to preview the greatest rivalry in all of sports. Auburn can't do that. I, again, I can do this because I have a radio show, podcast. I don't have to play the game. They don't need to do that. They don't even need to think about that game. So I hope that that if any of them are listening, that they heed, heed my advice there. But Auburn has Alabama coming to town in the Iron Bowl. It is going to be a awesome environment in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn fans just need a reason to believe. Auburn's winning streak has given them that reason, has given them the, the chance to create something special in Jordan-Hare Stadium come Saturday after Thanksgiving. I cannot wait for this game. This game is always weird in Jordan-Hare Stadium. It's, it's not always weird in Bryant-Denny. Whatever happens there happens. Auburn usually is not able to keep it keep it very close close there. Auburn hasn't won the Iron Bowl since 2019, but just think back to 2021, the last time this game was in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Year one of Brian Harson. Bo Nix is out of that game. Bo Nix does not play in that game. He, he had the broken ankle. He was done. TJ Finley started that game against Bryce Young in Alabama. That game went to overtime. Auburn had a chance to win it. You could argue Tank Bigsby stays in bounds. Auburn does win that game. With TJ Finley, they win, They nearly won that game. 
that just shows you how crazy and how weird things can get in Jordan-Hare Stadium, a Brian Harson coach team, for, for that matter. So, who knows what's going to happen the Saturday after Thanksgiving in Jordan-Hare Stadium. All, all we can know is that it's hard to predict. I have no clue how to predict this how to predict this game ever because whatever you think, logic goes out the window. I've said that statement before. It, it truly does with the Iron Bowl. Whatever you can say about either team coming into, it, it, that does go out the window. What doesn't go out the window, though, is the talent level of each team. Alabama's no doubt the better team than Auburn. Auburn doesn't have the talent. They don't have the players that Alabama does. That doesn't mean, though, on a certain Saturday, Auburn can't win the game. Bama wins this game 8 out of 10 times, 9 out of 10 times. But can Auburn win this game once out of 10? Can this be their 1 out of 10? Can this be their 2 out of 10? We'll see. If Auburn is going to do it, how are they going to do it? I know you're listening. Oh, no, here goes Carson again with the with the upset special when he did that for for the, the, the weeks earlier in the year where Auburn lost four straight. They they didn't win a, they didn't win a single one obviously so don't like to hear hear the how can Auburn pull off the upset but it but it's true however I think Auburn has the greater chance of pulling off the upset here than they had in some of those other games earlier in the season just based on the way Auburn is playing right now so let's start with the defense defensively for Auburn in order to pull off the upset it's going to start with Jalen Milrow how do they defend Milrow if you watch the Texas game. Even as you watched games after that earlier in the year, forget them. They don't matter. This isn't the same Jalen Milrow. This isn't the same Alabama team that you saw at the beginning of the year. They are a much improved team. I talked about Auburn earlier being a more improved team as the season went on and that being something that's that's different for Auburn fans that as far as what they've come to expect. Nick Saban's the greatest coach of all time. I, I you know... I'm not going to sit here and say that's not the case, even if I don't, you know, obviously like Alabama. He's the greatest coach of all time. He has gotten his team to improve as the year has gone on. His quarterback has improved as the season's gone on. Their offense, with what they have done as far as Tommy Reese, their offense coordinator, figuring out how to play, how to call a game to Jalen Milrow's strengths, he's playing really well. He had over six touchdowns. He had six touchdowns against Kentucky. Auburn's got to stop him. They absolutely have to stop him if they want to have a chance to win this game. Have to keep him in the pocket and have to sack him. Alabama has given up a lot of sacks this season, but in their game against LSU and their game against Kentucky, they gave up two sacks total. They gave up zero sacks against Kentucky, so only gave up two against LSU. His mobility, his ability to scramble, his thing, his ability to make things happen when plays break down is what makes him scary. It's not necessarily what the original play design was that makes him so scary. It's what he can do with the ball in his hands when things break down. Auburn did a good job with K.J. Jefferson in Arkansas. Jalen Milrow is a better athlete than K.J. Jefferson. He's faster than K.J. Jefferson. He's more elusive than K.J. Jefferson. Auburn has to keep him in the pocket. So it's a difficult challenge, as I talked about before. It's hard to get pressure but also keep contained. you got to thread that needle. It's possible, but you've got to thread that needle. So it's not going to be easy. Limiting him, containing him, number one, is going to be key. Number two is stopping the run in general. 
Alabama is solid in in just running back, running game, but that they haven't been great running the football. If Auburn can can stop this run, as Auburn's been very good against traditional run games all year, that'll have to continue to be the case against Alabama to have a chance. They can shut down the, the typical run game of Alabama and force them to throw the football, force them to be more involved with Jalen Milrow as far as design runs as well. That'll, that'll bode well for Auburn's defense, giving them a, a solid chance in this one. So the trends continue. I feel confident about Auburn's ability to slow down Alabama's run game as far as the running backs go. I'm just uneasy about slowing down Jalen Milrow because no one's really been able to do it to this point as far as limiting him getting out of the pocket and making things happen. And then third, limit explosive plays. When we watched this Alabama offense back earlier in the year, their offense for a few weeks in there was strictly boom or bust. If they couldn't com- and they couldn't complete deep passes down the field, there was no offense. They couldn't run the ball consistently. It was hit a big pass or nothing. That has changed, as I mentioned. Jalen Milrose got more involved in the run game. They figured out how to design things better for him. Therefore, their offense is not completely that. But they still are, to a certain extent, dependent on big plays. They average 9.8 yards per reception. So big plays are still extremely important for this Alabama team. So Auburn has to limit those. They have to keep the top on the receivers. They cannot let a guy like Jermaine Burton get wide open for the tide in this game. And then big running plays from Milrow, as I've said. If a play breaks down, he gets some yards scrambling, he picks up first down, fine, so be it. He cannot break a 40, a 50-yard run in this game. Have to force Alabama to drive the field. Pretty simple to say, not necessarily easy to do. So I'm going to pause right there. We're going to have more of the breakdown of the Iron Bowl when we return to Talking Tumors on Weagle 91.1. I'll talk about the offensive keys and then the overall keys for the game. We'll do a long final segment here of Talking Tumors. What does Auburn have to do in this game to have a chance to pull off the upset? It starts, as always, with running the football. Bama only gives up three and a half yards per carry. That is, that's pretty good. It's not elite, but it is pretty good. This Bama defense is elite, though. This is a return to what, we're, what we've u- used to see from Alabama's defense. We had not seen that in the last couple of years. They made the change at defensive coordinator. They brought in Kevin Steele, former Auburn defense coordinator, Hey, and interim head coach there for a bowl game, nearly the head coach of Auburn. I love Kevin Steele. I loved him when he was uh, at Auburn. I think he's a great football coach. And Nick Saban brought him back, was Nick Saban's original defense coordinator at Alabama. And he has changed his defense. They are playing back to the Bama standard. They've got some absolutely phenomenal players on, on that defensive side of the ball. And uh, he, he's making making it work. So it's not going to be easy at all for Hugh Freeze and this Auburn offense. Utilize Peyton Thorne's legs. So yes, Auburn needs to run the ball well with their running back. Shark West Hunter is going to need to have a big game. The offensive line is going to need to, to block well. But utilize Peyton Thorne's legs. Remember the Georgia game? Auburn had some success running the football against that physical Georgia front. Well, Peyton Thorne had over 80 yards rushing in that game. He's more athletic than he looks, and he's shown that. He showed that again against Arkansas. He's, 
He has run the football really well this year for Auburn. He's going to have to do that again against Alabama to have a chance to have success offensively and a chance to win the game. Think back to 2017. Think back to 2019, the last two wins against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. In 2017, Jarrett Stidham ran for over 50 yards and a touchdown. In 2019, Bo Nix ran just under 50 yards. You adjusted the sacks out of there. It would have been over 50 yards and a touchdown. It doesn't mean Peyton Thorne needs to run the ball 20 times. I'm not saying that. But he needs to have a few good runs in there in order to keep this Bama defense on their toes. And he's going to have to be special. He's going to have to play one of his best games that he's played all season long. Cannot afford turnovers, as we'll talk about in just a minute. The third thing that I kind of singled out offensively, get the ball out quick in the passing game. Use tempo to your advantage. Again, it's the balancing act. You can't go tempo as you're going to go three and out because the defense is still going to be more of your strength here. But you're going to have to go some tempo. Absolutely. So getting the ball out quick. I've liked a lot of the RPOs this year. I think Auburn's going to need to run a ton of those in this game. Peyton Thorne has been very good in his decision-making as regarding RPOs. I know he's had some questionable decision-making with some of his interceptions. But RPO-wise, based on what Hugh Freeze has said, Peyton Thorne does a good job in deciding whether to run it, whether to throw it. So I think Auburn needs to run a lot of quick RPOs here, getting the ball out quick, taking what you can get, taking what the defense gives you, if you will, offensively. Because if Auburn's offensive line has been much improved, they've been solid, they've been pretty good run blocking, but still not a great pass-protecting offensive line. And Alabama has some stud rushers with Dallas Turner and Deontay Lawson. Auburn cannot afford just to let Peyton Thorne sit back there and take sack after sack after sack. Because we saw that a lot in the Georgia game. That can't happen if Auburn wants to win this game. So what are the overall keys? So we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense and what needs to happen for the upset. What about in general? What are the overall keys? Turnovers. Can Auburn play clean? And can they keep their turnover streak alive and turn Alabama over? Jalen Milrow has been turnover prone. He threw, he's thrown six interceptions this year. Bama averages one turnover a game. Bama's been cleaner. Again, it's it difficult because these, these stats go off the whole season, but Alabama has played a much better, much cleaner style of football here recently. But Auburn's got to figure out a way to turn uh, um, Alabama over, and then Auburn, vice versa, cannot turn the football over. Peyton Thorne can't throw an interception, can't have fumbles. The margin of error is too small to be able to afford that. Auburn averages 1.7 forced turnovers a game. That's incredible. Auburn needs that stat to win out in the Iron Bowl. Penalties. Alabama has shown the last couple of years to be a, a team that in big games seems to get penalized. In close games, a team that seems to get penalized a lot. Auburn needs that trend to hold on. Not necessarily controllable. You can't you can't necessarily force Alabama into a lot of penalties. They average six a game. That's seventy seventh in the country. But if Bama starts to rack up some of those penalties, maybe some holding penalties, maybe a lot of false starts thanks to the crowd noise, that can help this Auburn team out in a big way. And then again, vice versa, Auburn needs to be needs to play clean, and they have for most of the year. They'll need to do that. Third down in red zone. In any game, this is a very, very important stat. When the margin of error is going to be as thin as it's going to be for Auburn 
it matters even more. Alabama's offense is 10th in the country in third down conversion rate. Auburn's defense is 6th in the country in stopping it. Which trend holds? These are two teams that are very, very good on third down. Is it going to be Auburn's defense that wins out? Is it going to be Alabama's offense? That will go a long way. Alabama something like 2 for 11 on third down. Auburn may be in this game. If Alabama 7 for 11, 8 for 11, probably not a good sign for Auburn. Then on the other side, Alabama 6 in the country in red zone success rate offensively. Auburn's defense is 14th. Can Auburn hold Alabama to field goals? Yes, Alabama actually kicks field goals really well now, but still, 3 is better than 7. What's going to hold true, Auburn's defensive red zone or Alabama's red zone offense? Going to be another key factor when we look back at this game. If Auburn wins in those two categories, maybe they have a shot. And then as far as Auburn's offense, they are 100th and 11th in third down conversion rate. That is not good. They're going to have to be better in that aspect. And then also offensively in the red zone, 32nd in red zone scoring. Not terrible, but Auburn's got to get touchdowns when they get down there. Uh, against Alabama in order to win this game. So what's my prediction? What is going to happen in the Iron Bowl? Hugh Freeze has beaten Nick Saban. Beat him two years in a row. It wasn't the only factor, obviously, in his hiring at Auburn, but it certainly was a factor, and it is something that he has used in recruiting as well, that, hey, look, I can beat Nick Saban. I've done it. He can. I certainly believe that. If Auburn can slow Jalen Milrow down, find some success running the football, create a turnover or two, and get this game into the fourth quarter within one score, Auburn's going to have a good chance. We know Jordan Harris has something special. Auburn gets this game into the fourth quarter within one score. They can win it. But I'm not predicting it. Not this year. Earlier in the season, if Auburn has improved, if if Auburn had improved like they have and they were – and Alabama had continued to play like they were playing at the beginning of the year, then I would pick Auburn in this game. But Alabama has drastically improved. They're a much different team. They seem to be a team that finally looks more like a Nick Saban team. Eye on the prize. They're already going, no matter the outcome of the Iron Bowl, they're already headed to Atlanta. They won't be overlooking Auburn, though. Of course not. It's the greatest rivalry in all sports. They'll be locked in for the Iron Bowl. Too much is at stake for them. I think they'll play a clean game. I think it'll be a close game. I, the Iron Bowl and Jordan Harris always close no matter what. Auburn's going to put up a good fight. In the end, though, Alabama's talent, I believe, is going to be too much for Auburn. What Alabama has defensively is going to be too much for this Auburn offense. So I'm going to go Alabama in a close one. I think this game will, will finish a, a 27-17 to, to 17 maybe type of score. I just don't think Auburn's going to have quite enough. They'll give it everything they have. Hugh Freeze will coach his tell-off. These players will play their tell-off. Hugh Freeze is going to beat Nick Saban in Alabama. He's going to do it during his time. He'll do it multiple times, I believe, during his time at Auburn. Just not this year. I think Alabama wins this game. So I hate to to end the show on a negative note like that, but I, I, I do uh, appreciate you all tuning in. I'm very excited about the future of Auburn football. Really looking forward uh, to everything that is to come. I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving. 
and we'll see you after Thanksgiving, after the Iron Bowl, to talk plenty more about Auburn football and the rest of the happenings in the Auburn sports world. So thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Talking Tumors. Make sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 for another edition. Also, make sure to check out Weagle's 24-hour live stream on WeagleFM.com. And follow us on social media at Weagle underscore AU. War Eagle, and see you next time.